his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhardt. California's budget deficit continues to grow, and state lawmakers have less than a month to cut a deal with Governor Newsom on how to erase it. The governor's revised budget reveals the state went from a $97 billion surplus exactly a year ago to more than $31 billion now in the red. The governor is not projecting a recession just yet, unlike some economists, so he's not ready to tap into the state's rainy day fund, which is still there, just in case this deficit gets even larger. And he says he will not support raising taxes, which some Democrats in Sacramento have been asking to do, especially on the assembly side. But he and the legislature don't necessarily see eye to eye on what to cut and where to spend. So for more, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by State Assemblyman Phil Ting of San Francisco. He is the Democrat who chairs the Assembly Budget Committee. Thank you so much for being with us again. Again. All right. So where do you see the assembly budget blueprint aligning with the governor's revised plan? And, and what are the most important places where you think it diverges? Well, I, I think it aligns very, very well. I think we talked about uh, taking a look at the budget this year and really protecting uh, many of the investments we made uh, the last couple years, whether it was in moving towards universal health care, whether it was in terms of broadening our social safety net, making sure that we fund both K-12 education, higher education. I think those commitments uh, remain in the government, uh, the governor's budget. Now, we have a couple differences. We, we think there should be more money going to child care. Uh, we believe that there needs to be more investment put toward uh, student housing, especially at the higher education level, some of the fastest housing we can build. But overall, I think the direction that the governor proposes is right. The uh, governor is adamantly against raising taxes. So what does that mean for the plan recently floated in the state Senate to raise taxes on corporations and for the other revenue ideas in the legislature? Well, well again, that was, a, that was a state Senate idea. You'd have to ask them. We, we didn't propose a tax increase. Uh, I don't know that this is really the right time to be increasing taxes. This, this year's budget is not a real deficit. What it is is uh, we projected more revenue than we thought, uh, it's still, in terms of a budget, it's still a record budget in terms of uh, revenue overall in the state's history. You brought up the subject of uh, raising pay for child care workers. The governor wants to delay the planned expansion of child care. How are you going to work that one out? Well, again, uh, you know, our, our plan is really predicated on taking advantage of federal uh, matching grants and federal matching. So we don't want to leave any federal money at the table. So we think it's uh, the most prudent move is to go get that federal money, use a little state money to increase child care rates. What we see is many of the child care providers are going under. You saw that in the Chronicle article. We've, we've moved a lot of money in our state bureaucracies even have difficulty getting the money out. So they're, they're really uh, facing their own fiscal situation that's dire. And as we know, if you don't have child care, you can't go to work, which is really a huge hit on the economy, especially for working families. 
California has been flush with cash the last few years. You've got a class of lawmakers who have never had to make cuts before. They're used to negotiating, you know, how do we spend the surplus and coming up with competing proposals to spend money, not how to deal with red ink. So how difficult is this going to be? And, you know, you have your work cut out for you as, as the committee chair. Yeah, I don't think it's really that difficult this year because it's really not about doing any cuts. It's just about uh, either delaying or adding triggers to different kinds of spending. Uh, it, they're not real cuts in the sense of um, money that we uh, were that are core to our spending. Meaning, uh, they're not cuts to human services, which is food or CalWorks or CalFresh. They're not cuts to healthcare. They're not cuts to K twelve education or even higher education. So, really. Um, we have this ample rainy day fund, and we also have a lot of money that we could borrow from to really protect our core, core um, assets and the core programs that we fund. You mentioned the rainy day fund. The governor wants to spend some of the safety net reserve, but not the uh, rainy day fund. Do you agree that's the prudent way to go? Well, well the governor, what's happening is that the, go- the governor's Department of Finance actually uh, projects revenue for this current fiscal year that we're in uh, down to $202 billion. Um, LAO projects that number at 194 uh, We think we're going to be closer to that 194 number. So in essence, uh, the governor having a little more optimistic revenue number means we will be spending reserves. You know, we hear every budget cycle about how how over-reliant the state has become on income tax revenue. Is that ever going to change, you think? You know, it's hard. Um, you know, the best tax uh, that the state uh, should rely on is really property taxes. But as you know, uh, Prop 13 is a sacred cow. There's not a lot of interest in really changing that. Uh, we got close to talking about uh, removing Prop 13 subsidies for apartment buildings and office buildings, and even that we couldn't get done. Uh, so that might be... Uh, something we bring back. But again, uh, the over-reliance on high-income earners is really to the benefit during COVID. That, that's why the budget skyrocketed, because uh, while most working families were suffering, uh, high-income earners were doing great. The stock market was doing great. They were making a lot of money, especially in the tech space. And so that's really where uh, we saw our budget go up and up. You know, there's talk of going back to the bond market, which means going back to the voters uh, to cover some of the things the governor wants to do that we can't afford at the moment. How much of an appetite do you think the voters will have for borrowing billions of more dollars and kicking the can further down the road? Or do you think they don't really connect that borrowing with, you know, how it might cost them at some point? I I think the voters focus on um, when when they see a bond, they really focus on what it's for. And generally, it's less about uh, the fiscal spending than what it's for. I mean, in general, you always have, uh, you know, 15, 20 percent of people that just automatically vote against bonds. So it's really about persuading those folks in the margin that now is the time to prioritize school buildings, housing, transportation. Uh, It's really about making a case for that particular item. All right. Well, thanks so much, so much for being with us. You've got you know, less than a month to get it done uh, with the deadline coming up in June. Uh, Assemblymember Phil Ting of San Francisco, chair of the Assembly Budget Committee. Thanks for being with us. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.